The thing is, like, if I love a person enough to, like, keep them in my life long term. I will fuck them. Kind of. <laughs> Rafa is actually away on vacation for the next few weeks, so I am going to have guest hosts. And with me this time is my wonderful partner, who I thought would be a great guest host to talk about family, chosen family, etc., etc. Hey, Anne. Hello. <laughs> Don't mind me, I'm just recovering for surgery and trying to earn my dinner. And just had hernia surgery, how are you feeling? No discomfort, no pain, it's like I woke up feeling like my true self, and here I am. Cool, cool. <laughs> Alright, so today's episode we're going to talk about family, chosen family, loved ones. And I guess I got inspired by this episode because my cousin called me yesterday, who I haven't spoke to in years, and it was a hilarious conversation um, and a really lovely conversation as well. I cut off all communication with my family because <laughs> reasons. Typical white people reasons. What are those reasons? You know how like sometimes white people just love to throw slurs around and lop colored folk into, you know, boxes. So yeah, slurs were definitely thrown around by my family. And not even the right ones. Like, if you're going to insult me, do it properly. I'm sure you'll be getting a phone call about this when it airs. Because you know they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you wish you had a relationship with your father? No. And that was even before, like, my mom told me about the kind of monster that he was. But, like everything even leading up to that conversation we had about him, like you chose, these were your choices that led to you like neglecting three people you had brought into the world. So like, do you wish you had a father figure as it within your world? Um, no, I think it'd be much different if I had like a father figure. Um, like I had my grandfather who was father figure ish, but he was kind of an alcoholic. Um, and large in part, I was raised by like my mom and my aunt and my grandmother, and they are responsible for the creature you see before you. Uh, but yeah, they are the why as to why I am the way I am. And like, I wouldn't trade that. And to be fair, like the examples of fathers and men I've seen both in like my own family and other families, I'm just like, who fucking needs them? They're all monstrous. I wouldn't say my dad was monstrous. Obviously, you've met him, you know him, but we just never saw eye to eye. I think that's like sometimes a huge miss and mistake for parents with queer children. I think with children in general. Is that they don't see them for who they are. But my dad never saw me for, for me. No, he wanted a little a little mini him. He wanted a, a boy, boy, rugby, sport. Yeah, he wanted a little mini him. And, and I, think that's the, that's, I think that's an issue with parents in general. They're not cultivating like 
another human being's experience. They're like, oh, you'll be, I never got this, so you'll get this. And you'll want to be this because I never got this. And it's like, that little creature has its own its own agenda. Absolutely. I think that's what a lot of parents miss is, like you said, nurturing and cultivating an individual human being who's going to have its own thoughts, its own feelings, its own way of operating and nurture your kids. That's what I said. If I ever have a kid, I would let them develop and grow. And then whatever kind of talents they started showing me, I would hone in on it and like nurture that side of them. And then if they gave up on it and they didn't like it and they found a new one, then I would like then recognize that one. And then again, re re nurture this and continue to find out where until they were like, I really love this and I really want to make this my path. You don't want kids, right? I don't really want kids. They are. And that's, that's me in this point in time in my life. And like every other point in my life leading up to this moment. Um, I just don't think I have cultivated the patience to deal with a small human who has so many needs, which is strange because I love being depended on. I just don't know that I would do a great job as it stands, taking care and like raising a child at the moment. You know how some people can be like, ah, I'd be a really good parent. Yeah. I don't have those thoughts. I can be around children, children, love me. I'm a fun uncle. I don't know what I am beyond that for children. And we've already talked about this. I love me some law and order. I love me a set of rules. I love me some guidelines. You are a lot more fluid and free in those terms. So I already know that I would be the more authoritative parent. And I don't know that I want that role. I think I would be good at authority and discipline as well and guidance, but I think there's there's one way to discipline and there's a different way to discipline. I yeah, like grab my, the belt. Yeah, see, stop. Um, my discipline would be about communication. You know I'm big on communication. So my like understanding and guidance would be all to do with communication. It wouldn't be so hard-hitting. Not a hard hit, just a hit to make them remember. <laughs> Hashtag never forget. Were you hit as a child? Yeah. Yeah, same. To be fair, it was like, I mean, sometimes things got thrown at us, like a chancla, for sure. Uh, sometimes we got to pick our own belt. But every so often, we would get a head start. And we had all these trees in the backyard. So we knew that in that head start, all we had to do was climb up the tree and just wait because a parent can only be angry for so long. And it worked every time until they cut the tree down. Um, <laughs> and then we had to find a new place. Yeah, we were hit. Smacked, should I say. Smacked on the bum. Even though I do remember my mom grabbing my sister by the hair and dragging her somewhere one time. But yeah, she deserved that. <laughs> I'm sure she did, honestly. Yeah. And I think I look back on my childhood of being whacked and I never feel like, oh my God, I was abused. Oh no, fully like, deserved. I, I feel like every time I was smacked, which I don't think I was smacked that often. I feel like I was a good kid. I wasn't smacked that often either, but I, <laughs> the only times I was like actually hit was if I like mouthed off and I don't mean like, I hate you. I mean like, fuck you. And she'd be like, 
oh yeah and then i knew it was over i would never swear at my parents oh no i found it when i was 18 years old that i still was very much nervy to say like swear words in front of them we grew up in different times yeah my sister wasn't she would do it and but she would do it on purpose to get like a rise out of my parents because she was now like over the age of 18 it's like i can do this but i was still like oh my god i can't believe you're saying that um but yeah i remember i called my dad a dickhead once and he like really <laughs> he like went for me though he like threw me up against the radiator and i like fell and he was like above me like say it again and i was like i just remember being on the floor like oh my god and that's why i don't need a dad <laughs> but yeah he got really annoyed when he like called him a dickhead i do remember there was a, a family member of ours that used to pick us up from school <laughs> And there is something about sucking your teeth at, like, an elder Hispanic woman that just sets them off. And we were in this minivan driving home from school, and she had said something to one of the cousins in the back seat, and she sucked her teeth, and she pulled over right where she was driving. She got out of that car, she waited for that door to slowly open, and she popped her in the mouth so hard. She was like, do it again. And the girl was just like, "Mm." and then she got back in the car and kept driving, and I was like, oh... Never suck your teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was the benefit of growing up with, like, an older sibling is to never do what they done. Or be, if you're going to do it, just be a little bit more clever. I learned so much of what not to do, but also to do it and get around it in a different way. Yeah. Do you miss your mom? I miss the relationship my mom and I had. But again, like, I would see her once every three years once every four years and like we know how much growth can happen within a year i think that's the other aspect of it it's very hard for a heterosexual family or even parents to really understand what we as queer people go through in our life experiences like the living in new york city and walking down the street and literally just walking down the street, looking kind of cute in my peacoat. And someone was like, you little faggot. And like, yeah, sure, it didn't affect me because I turned around and I was like, fuck you and continued walking. But like over time, you realize you're different and you've always known throughout your childhood that you're different. You always have come up against discrimination. You've you then see it on the news, you see it in the media, you see it online, you see, you know, we we don't have a right to exist. And even though it doesn't affect me personally, there's some like aspect of me that it does, it is harmful, it is upsetting. And I think those experiences shape and mold you. And especially living in America, and again, coming into a new culture and a new country, and then experiencing this whole different layered element on top of what I was born and raised with or where I grew up, should I say, in the neighborhood and the town that I was raised in. There's now this like whole level of religion on top of that in a new country. And God knows why I stayed sometimes. Um, But I think my parents will never understand that. And I don't think my mom ever understood that. And I think when she came to visit that there had been different stages of evolution for me and different experiences that I'd gone through and they're just never going to understand. 
My mum is a white lady from England. From the motherland. She has never had one ounce of discrimination put against her. And she doesn't know how that feels to every day know that there's people in the world that hate you. And I feel like that we as queer people carry that around with us. And as much as as fiery as I am, I am still very sensitive. All of that influenced my growth. Your experiences shape you. You know, you can't relate to something you've never experienced. And I think that's why gay people form such bonds and such a closeness and have their chosen family is because we can all relate in one way or another to each other's experiences and we can sympathize with each other's experiences. And I think that's what kind of creates the bond within a chosen family. If you're not in the club, you don't fucking get it. It's true. If, if you're not, you, you don't get it. I even said it to my cousin on the phone yesterday when he called me and he was speaking about his life and living in the town where we were born and raised and goes down the pub and sees the same people we went to school with. And I was just listening to him and though laughing at everything he was saying, because the boy should be a comedian, but I was just thinking how far removed and separate my world is. When I hear you talk about your chosen family, I think of your network of like people in LA and they're all connected. So in a sense, it makes sense because it's like one grouping of family. Tell us about your chosen family. My chosen family have literally in all one way or another have helped me evolve and grow into the person that I am today. And that's very far removed from the person that I was as a child. Um, I think that shocks or did shock a lot of my family as I grew. I learned to speak up and say no. And also say like when something's wrong, something's wrong. And to call that out. Anything else on Chosen Family? I will say, I do feel like I have formed a lot of my bonds primarily through like flirty sexual interactions with people. All of you, every single one of your friends you've had sex with except for Grace. Not every single one of them. Mm, not every single one of them. Name one who you haven't. Um, you're putting me on the spot right now and having a really hard... I'm recovering from surgery. Oh. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm recovering. Mm-hmm. It's very painful. Mm-hmm. Um, the silence is deafening. My closest friends who I call my family, I've never slept with any of them. JC and Eric. JC and Eric had sex next to me when I was having sex with another man. Oh, so Eric didn't suck your dick. Eric did climb onto my dick. Well, but then. We also well, slept- then. I do believe everything coming out of your mouth right now is a lie. Hold on a Thank minute. You. Was, Thank you. Thank you. Just... No. Mm-mm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want to put this into perspective. I don't, I don't need to put it into perspective. No no, 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 We were very close friends before that happened. We went out. We went dancing all night long. I think we took uh, Molly, each one of us. And then I had a guy over and me and this guy were having sex. And they're a couple and they wanted to have sex. So we were all in my bedroom and they were having sex on one side. I was having sex on the other side. So you had an orgy? No, because they weren't involved in into like touching all each other. And then Eric decided to climb over and suck my dick. And I was like, oh shit, Eric, what are you doing? <laughs> and it was like two seconds. It was like, and I was like, Eric, <laughs> what 
are you doing? <laughs> Get off my peen. Uh, the thing is, like, if I love a person enough to, like, keep them in my life long term. I will fuck them. Kind of. <laughs> and that's the other thing. Because so many of our friends are men and because we are sexually attracted to men, it just it's just like a thing that's there. I'm not saying it's there with every single friend, but like. Yeah, I like I would never be mad of again like all my friends have seen me naked so it's no big deal i would totally have sex with them if they were all in the room that wouldn't bother me i would champion them if they were having sex in the room with me like pop party poppers you got this Woo! you're doing great sweetie (laughs) right do you know what i was gonna say actually as well is that I know this sounds really, really weird, but like, I I just always wished, I I was always hoping for the day that mainly my mom would be like, I'm going to fly out for a pride parade. I want to walk in the parade with you, or I want to like celebrate you. Yeah, I always wanted that and I never got it. And I always think that that was like a, a part of me is like, they never just showed interest in me, but my, and it's like, it's weird because they did show interest in me as a person, but I don't think they considered how much of me was my gay life, you know, like how much of me and my identity is my gay life, is my community, is my people surrounding me. They never really considered that. Did yours ever ask or your mom? Um, honestly, I don't know. I feel like we have done a pride event together and I just can't like actually recall it, but I know that when I was getting ready to leave Florida for New York, I was like, I would love it if you would just come to come out dancing with me. We'll go to a couple gay bars. And she, without hesitation was like, yeah, let's do it. And we did. We went to like three clubs in Fort Lauderdale. Um, and she fell at the third one after one drink. Uh, so we were like, oh, nope, gotta go. <laughs> but you invited her out. I invited her out and she hopped right on it. I took her and my sister. Well, I think that's the thing. Like I invited my mom and dad. But yeah, there was always this uh, ounce of um, fear of judgment for me. Like you were afraid of being judged by your parents? Yeah, I couldn't authentically queen out or I couldn't authentically be me because they saw me as one one way. And, you know, there was a whole different part of me that I just never really exposed to them because I didn't want to be judged because like certain things would be said to me as like, oh, Scott. Or I remember being said to me, it was like, oh, Scott, like, I love that you're gay, but you're not gay gay. You know? Like, you can still pass as a straight man. Like, you're not gay. And I'd always, like, feel that. And again, it was comments like that, me being me, that they didn't know how much affected me. Because if they only saw me, like, queen out. And the thing is, when I did move away to America and I went to Fire Island and we got all dragged up and I would, like, send them photos of me in drag or I'd post them online, like, the reaction from them wasn't cute. They were like really not understanding of it. Me being in full makeup and like a mermaid look. 
and being on Fire Island, my dad didn't like it. Um, mom was like, why are you doing this? Or there were questions rather than, again, being like, yay, this is hilarious. That's amazing. It was always a, yeah, it was always a, a, a thing. It never felt like they were always just authentically there for me and just championing me on that side of things. When it came to career and it came to like life in general or me traveling or doing something that they could relate to, then sure, like champion me all the way. Um, but yeah, they never really championed my queer life because they never understood it. Yeah, I can see that. I will say, I don't think my mom actually like, again, she doesn't understand a whole lot about it. She is open and like, will listen. Um, but she does always make sure that she'll drive the point home that like, if you're happy and you're happy doing what it is you're doing, I'm happy for you. And I love you. And like, we can talk about it. If you want to talk about it, if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to talk about it. But so long as you're happy, I'm happy that you're happy. That being said, when I did get dressed up and dragged, I did send her pictures and she was living. <laughs> I was gorgeous. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yes, this is a message to all queer peoples. If your family sucks, fucking leave them behind. You don't need them. Honestly? You don't need them. If they treat you like shit, if you feel terrible every time you have to interact with them, fucking cut them out. Yeah, because there are queer people that will automatically become your family. And you know what? This is for you straights as well. If your family's not serving you, Fucking cut them out. That's you don't not need anyone. Them. Yeah. If like family are doing you any disservice in life, if you're not excited to see your family, if you're not excited to be around your family, if you feel like your family do not support you or love you the way you feel like you need to be loved or you should be loved, then cut that toxicity out of your life. DNA is not a debt. It really is not. I will say one thing about the LGBTQIA plus mafia alphabet peoples is that they have your back they really do i would die for any of them when we come together i feel like we come together well it looks like we're coming to the end of this episode we've talked about love loss family chosen family and i appreciate you covering for Raphael since he's away anytime anytime appreciate you being here with me even though you live with me so you had to be here i'm telling you guys i just earned my dinner i'm starving it's true he can't do anything for himself because of his hernia and i said well you can't eat until you do a podcast <laughs> uh, thank you for watching tune in next time see you later bye